en el que la sociedad civil siempre ha jugado un papel fundamental. La sociedad civil. Civil society. The Grassroots View, an EESC podcast. In this edition of The Grassroots View, we're considering gender equality. Women make up slightly more than half the population of Europe. And there's no doubt that in the years since the Union was founded, their position in society relative to men has been transformed. But what are the challenges that remain? And in particular, what role can gender equality play in maintaining Europe's economic recovery? My guests today are Chiara Corazza, who sits on the G7's Gender Equality Advisory Council and is private sector representative for France within the G20 Empower Alliance, and Maria Nicolopoulou, a member of the European Economic and Social Committee and president of the Ad Hoc Group on Equality. Along with them, I have Agata Arashkevitz, one of the leaders of the feminist group, Elles Sans Frontières, and Lubna Ashgud, a gender equality expert with a particular interest in the digital economy. Chiara, I'll come to you first. How would you characterize the state of gender equality in the European Union right now? I am very optimistic. I think that the image of Europe, it's now very feminine. Feminine because you have Christine Lagarde at the head of the European Central Bank. You have Ursula von Leyen at the head of commission. You have Roberta Massola at the head of the European Parliament. And you have Odilo Enobasso at the head of the Bank of Reconstruction. These are women who are acting and they change the image of Europe. Maria, same question for you. I would say that the state of gender equality in the European Union is a work in progress. We have been fighting for gender equality for decades now, and it seems that we are having the same debates over and over again, but things are moving towards the right direction, I think. Though they move slower than we would expect, but we're on a good track. There are several achievements that could give us hope. We have the gender equality strategy of the Commission that focuses on eliminating gender-based violence, for example, bring more women in the labor market and in politics, combat gender stereotypes. And we also have the negotiations on the Pay Transparency Directive that they will definitely bridge the gender pay gap. These ones are advancing. We have the newly adopted Women's on Board Directive, the Work-Life Balance Directive, but still uh, we need to see how they're implemented and how they're actually followed up uh, in the member states. And what do each of you see as the main challenges to be overcome? Chiara first. What we know, it's the job needs STEM competence, that means scientific, technological, engineering and mathematical competence. And when you see that just one woman on five in Europe is graduate in scientific fields, you see where Europe could really have a great impact attracting, retaining girls, women in the STEM education and of course to ensure that we will be there to contribute to design the world of tomorrow in climate change in the transformation on the ecological system. We're a woman in cybersecurity. We're a woman. There are only 20% of engineers in the world of women. There are only 11% of women in cybersecurity. How can we imagine that we, in this multi-crisis, we don't have more women where we can bring a positive contribution to the society? And the second, it's linked, is access to capital. If we don't have the same access to capital than men, in Europe, 
the economy will not be sustainable. The growth will not be as durable as we should because there are 45% of the wealth in Europe in the hand of women. But women don't have access to public procurement, only 1%. This is something that at the European level could be done. Leverage public procurement as a tool to give the possibility to women to have access of capital. Very simple things. It has been done in Italy. It should be done in other countries. Maria Nicolopoulou, what's your view on this? We have to rely on voluntary actions and the goodwill of people. And unfortunately, it's still difficult to convince men in power positions that we need to leave some spaces for women to be able to thrive. It's a little bit like funds raising for charity. Everybody is in favor of it. That The moment you need to actually collaborate, you have resistance. So, of course, different problems have, have different solutions. No, uh, there are different tools. I think activism and awareness, awareness uh, raising are important and they can, re- they can reach a certain amount of people that they are more empathetic, they're willing to listen, what we have uh, been demanding. Uh, and this is why I think it's important to hold debates, to hold events, to hold demonstrations and other public actions. And at a time when Europe is focused on economic recovery, how important are women in the workforce? For me, definitely it is an enabler and this is why we have to avoid pinkwashing. We know that access to resources and rights and power are still unequally distributed between women and men. There is a sort of illusion of gender neutrality, particularly when it comes to money, be it private investments or or public uh, budgets, and the feeling that the common interests affect everyone, women, men, young people, old people, the same way. And this, we know it is not true. We have studies from the AGA, for example, that they show that is the correlation between gender equality and economic development, and that benefits the society as a whole. So the more gender balanced the society is, the more just, the more resilient, and the more prosperous it is. Chiara Carazza, looking forward, are you optimistic or pessimistic? Of course, it's not perfect. We should do much, much, much more. But again, If we see in this last year how much has been done, look at the number of women who are now the head of states. There are now four women head of states in Europe, not enough, but, and six prime ministers, including in France and Italy, G7 countries. Then, I mean, we are going in the right directions. And I think that what has been done, we cannot go back. Then again, not enough, but, Europe is the continent in the world that it's looked as the place where the human rights and the gender equality rights are the best integrated in the laws and in the system. Chiara and Maria, thank you both very much. The Grassroots View, an EESC podcast. I'll turn now to our two guests from civil society. Lubna Ashgood heads the Women's Entrepreneurship Strategy for the Brussels government and is the founder of Women in Tech Brussels, a public-private sector partnership which aims to empower women to create their own startups. Agata Arashkovitz is an historian and literary critic who co-founded the feminist group El Saint Frontier. Lubna, I'll come to you first. Do you think gender equality is really seen as an enabler? 
Or for many people, is it still just another box to tick? I think a lot of companies now work on the question, work on diversity and inclusion, and it's a good thing, and also government. But we have a lot of speeches and a lot of marketing, and we don't have a lot of actions. And what we need, it's a real actions. We need to have a specific budget for it. We have politics, government working on policies and new policies, and it's something super important. But those policies need to have budget for to be implemented on the ground. And we need also to support female associations. We need to, to have specific grants for them, because if we don't have budgets and financial support to support those policies, to support these civil actions, we will just stay in speeches and in clubs to speak on it and uh, on big events. But we need to see wha what's happened on the ground. And when we see the numbers, we can see that what's happened, it's not related on, on the culture that we, we're trying to speak on. Agatha, same question to you. Enabler or tick box? I think we really need a posture that goes beyond the mainstream. It is not true that your rights are defined by your sex, by my particular sex, that I am a woman or that I am transgender or that I am intergender or that I have another identity. This condition is not at all accidental. It's not at all secondary. It is essential. It will become the fact. How do I develop in society? How do I contribute to society? And that's what's very important to understand that in the 21st century, we must really move to that stage that is already postulated by politics and philosophy. We must treat these questions as the essential to formulate the new political project for the century that is before us. Lubna Ashgood, for you, what's the main challenge to be overcome? We know that women do 300% more time. They spend 300% more time on unpaid care work than men. It's the OECD numbers. And they also faced a huge, I think it's something that we need to work on. They are facing a huge barriers, is a huge barrier, the access to funding. When we know today that is the last numbers, And uh, it's super worse. Women raised just 1% of the venture capital in Europe in 2021. And it's just incredible. And the numbers are super scary because when you see these numbers, you can support women to create their companies. And it's something that I do in my work every day. But I can see also in my practice that They are stop it when they want to raise funds. And I think that the financial sector needs to also be aware on it and work on those, I think, some stereotypes and unconscious bias. I think also who are present in the financial sector. We know that it's a male-dominated sector and we need to work on it. We need to have more female investors. We need to work with male and have male allies in this subject and also to think to create specific product for them because it's something that stopped women in their growth when they want to be entrepreneur. And it's something that we need to work on it. Agata Arashkovitz, you look at this issue from a cultural perspective. How would you characterize the gender gap in the EU today? 
There is still work that is unpaid work. It's still shadow work, we might say. It's work that is done, but that distracts women from their official job and they suffer. We still have a gender pay gap that is a fact for women. Sometimes there are movements on social media saying that women stop working in the middle of November or even earlier. So from that moment on until the end of the year, I am no longer paid. There are a lot of inequalities like this that are related to the economic world, but that are also in our everyday ways of thinking or reactions, our everyday ways of functioning that are still unresolved. And I'll give you the last word, Agatha. How do you see these challenges being overcome? You have to see that Europe today is very contradictory. There are some countries where it is very advanced and other countries where it is delayed. What we need is very sharp political awareness. We need to be aware that we are not going to build Europe for everyone if we abandon issues that affect absolutely everything. I mean the politics of intimacy, the politics of sexual rights and the politics of reproductive rights. So the key opportunity is strong political support and a strong political consciousness based on the will to create postulates that truly represent the Europe of the 21st century. Thank you, Agatha. And thanks to all my guests today. You can find all our podcasts on our website, eesc.com. 